0: This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello my friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to be here with you all today. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Papamoa, New Zealand for any of our overseas listeners and it's actually a public holiday. Today is Waitangi Day, however I am choosing to work because I want to get ahead of a few things so I'm hanging out with you all today. So today's episode is about ADHD and relationships, how our ADHD affects our relationships and what we can do to improve our relationships. But before we dive into that, I just want to remind you, if you are enjoying this podcast, if it's helping you, I would really appreciate two things. If you could please leave us a review and a rating, that would be incredible. It helps us to reach more people. So more people with ADHD, they will then be you know, be able to see and have this podcast show into them basically in the apps. So more ratings and reviews helps more people to find it easily. So please, that would be amazing. And the other thing is if you know somebody with ADHD or who thinks they could have ADHD, send them the podcast, find an episode that has been really helpful for you and flick it to them. I would be so grateful. Thank you so much, my friends. All right. So. One of the things that I coach people on the most in sessions is relationships and our interactions with other people, whether that be our partners or colleagues and people that we work with or family and perhaps friends. It is no secret that as ADHD we can struggle with relationships and perhaps even feel misunderstood by the people by those people around us okay so in this episode i am going to share some of the adhd symptoms that show up in our relationships i'm also going to share with you some stories from my own life about ha- how my adhd affects relationships and then i am going to give you a really big <laughs> I don't want to say tip, (laughs) I'm going to share with you how you can begin to improve the relationships in your life and have a massive ripple, gosh, what's with my words today? A massive ripple effect throughout your life, okay? Now, before I do that, of course, I love to share stories with you all. And of course, it's going to relate to this episode. So a couple of weeks back now, my partner was making dinner for him and the kids And at the same time as he's using the stove, I'm making dinner for me. So this happens once a week where he does, um, what's it called? I'm having a total ADHD memory moment. And it's the pasta with the mince on it. And I want to say mac and cheese, but it's not mac and cheese, but pasta with mince and a tomato based sauce. You guys will know exactly what it is and you'll be like yelling it at me, but my brain right now doesn't have that word. (laughs) Anyway, I don't eat the same thing just due to like allergies and certain things that I've taken out of my diet. So basically he's making that for him and the kids because they love this meal and I am making a alternative version of that. Anyway, we're like halfway through making this dish and we're like standing next to each other on the, the stovetop, right? And I noticed that he hasn't put carrot in with his mints yet. And it's one of the ways that we're able to get you know, vegetables in for all of the kids. They love carrots. So we grate carrot and shove it in. And I said to him, do you not want to add some grated carrot? Like maybe you forgot. Do you want to put some in there? And he just goes, nah, I can't be bothered. And I tell you what, that comment set me off. <laughs> I was immediately pissed. I was like, and I I think I was so angry, I can't even remember what I said. But I said something like, are you serious? Like, are you really serious? It takes two minutes to grate a goddamn carrot. Come on, the kids need their vegetables. Like, this is such an easy way to get vegetables in their meal. Come on. I was furious, right? And I spent the next few hours Fuming, frustrated, and annoyed at him because he didn't bother to grate a carrot. Now, I am fully aware as I say this all back to you, and I've actually used this example with uh, some friends and some clients recently. So I've heard it back multiple times now, and I'm fully aware that it sounds a little bit, uh, let's say, over the top as I hear it back. But in the moment, I felt fully justified. And completely pissed. (laughs) I was not able to separate how I felt in that moment from what I now look back at and laugh at. Okay. (laughs) And I'm sure you have some similar examples in your own life. But what this demonstrates and why I chose to share it today is because this is what emotional dysregulation can look like. So this is ADHD rage and emotional outbursts. And there's also a tie here into the impulsivity part. Although I didn't yell, I was very quick to assume the worst and share my frustrations in a very heated way with my partner. Who, by the way, was completely unfazed. (laughs) So, ADHD symptoms. How can they show up in relationships? Well, as I've just shared with you, emotional dysregulation that is common, that might present as outbursts, so it could also be that we are seen as being moody or up and down by other people and you know kind of you know high one minute low the next. Also RSD, Rejection Sensitivity Dysphoria, so that can show up perhaps feeling like you're being attacked or afraid of making a mistake maybe at work, or even avoiding difficult conversations because you're afraid of, you know, being criticized or experiencing that rejection. It can also show up in seeking validation from other people. Dopamine chasing. So this is one I touched on, I think, in the a couple of episodes back where I shared 10 dopamine-seeking behaviors. And I just touched briefly on how in relationships, sometimes we might pick a fight with someone to get dopamine, okay, that is something that our brains do, also in terms of the dopamine chasing is, and to speak to that dopamine element, is we can get bored, we can get bored in even romantic relationships when they become very kind of repetitive and, and no longer have that excitement factor that our, our ADHD brains like, but also we can get bored in conversations with people, Right. When somebody is speaking to us and we just think this topic's boring, we might switch off. Another way that symptoms can show up is through impulsivity, being quick to yell or assume the worst, perhaps getting angry, interrupting someone when they talk, because perhaps you're afraid that you're going to forget what you wanted to say. Other symptoms include being easily distracted. So maybe when someone's talking or sharing something with you, you do zone out get distracted by something out the corner of your eye again trouble with organizing that's a common one so maybe that looks like you know not having the household chores completed or having piles of stuff all over the place. This is super common for us as ADHDs as we use the pile system a lot. So we'll have a pile of things on the dining room table that perhaps, you know, need to be filed away or perhaps relate to going back in the bedroom or needing to find a home for like our piles have a logical system to us, but not necessarily to other people. But we often have piles of stuff everywhere, and that can, of course, cause problems in relationships when things can't be found or you know it's messy in the house. Also, with regards to that, challenges around organizing is running late, whether it's you know constantly being late to work or constantly late to meet up with friends and poor working memory. So That might look like we forget things that other people have said or we, you know, forget something our boss had asked us to do. Or we forget important dates that other people have, whether that be a birthday or even, you know, an anniversary perhaps. I also want to highlight some of the other common struggles that us ADHDers can have in relationships. So that can be struggling to say no and not having boundaries. And often that's because we are afraid of letting other people down. Or it can get tied into that not wanting to experience the RSD. Okay, not wanting to experience any criticism or rejection from somebody else if we are to say no or if we are to enforce a boundary. Then there's guilt and shame. So thinking that perhaps you should be a better friend, or you should be a better partner, or you know, they deserve better, or you need to do better at work, or you know, kind of berating yourself, I'm so useless, I never get here on time, I never, you know, I never remember things, and kind of shaming yourself in that way. Another common one, which often isn't talked about a lot, is as ADHD is, we tend to relate to other people's struggles. So What this can look like is when somebody opens up to share with you and they might be sharing something really difficult that they're experiencing. Let's take, for example, they've just lost a parent and they're sharing how they've just lost this parent and then what we can often do is we can share a similar example or something difficult that we have experienced. Maybe you could, you know, talk about, oh, you know, hey, I lost my uncle recently. And, you know, I, I understand how difficult that is. And like there's such a long grief process, et cetera. So what we do is like they're sharing something big and difficult and it can be perceived by other people as us perhaps hijacking or making it about us because we are relating through sharing a story. And sometimes that can lead to us being misunderstood. And that is the next one on my list is as ADHD is, it is common for us to feel like we are misunderstood in our relationships. Also, sometimes not feeling secure or safe in our relationships. And I was with a client the other day who told me how she's always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So she's in a romantic relationship now and she's married to somebody and the relationship's going really well. But she's always on high alert, waiting for the shoe to drop. So let me give you some examples of various relationship things from my own life. So the other day I was on a walk with my partner. And it's funny because I can remember exactly where we were walking. But I've got no idea what he was saying. And that's the whole point. He was telling me something about what was going on with his work. And often when we go for a walk together in the afternoon, he will talk about his work. You know, he's worked all day, as have I. And he'll tell me about things that are going on at his work. And I just zoned out. And I remember because he said to me, Earth to Xena. Hello, Earth to Xena. And this is common. Often when he's telling me about something that I'm not that interested in, I will zone out. Or I'll want to pick up my phone and start scrolling. Last year, I forgot to message my best friend on her birthday. And the funny thing is, and I said this to her later on when I messaged her on Christmas Day. Her birthday is like just before Christmas. I messaged her like a few days later and I was like, Merry Christmas and... Happy birthday. Now, I did remember on your birthday, but because I didn't do it when I remembered, I then forgot. (laughs) But yeah, the reality is that sometimes we do forget important dates in other people's lives. I also once had a colleague at work say to me, Man, you're moody. Like, you're really moody. And I had worked with her for a number of years and I really enjoyed working with her. I thought we had a really great time together. And I thought we were friends. Now, when I left that job, she didn't make any effort to stay in touch with me. And this is on me. I didn't make any effort to stay in touch with her either. Because after hearing that comment, I thought, maybe she doesn't like me. Maybe she doesn't want to be friends with me outside of work. Also, in past romantic relationships many years ago, I never trusted my partner. I never trusted them going out without me, being, you know, if they were to go out, this is back in the days when I would go clubbing in my like early 20s, it wasn't really a big thing, but like if my partner went out, you know, at night drinking and dancing with his friends, to me, I was so insecure. I remember lying there awake, like constantly looking at my phone, and then I would check his phone when he got home, and I always wanted him, you know, to Validate me basically to tell me that I looked nice and that he loved me and that our relationship was good and it was solid. And like I was constantly seeking that reassurance from him in a variety of ways that I was okay and we were okay and you know nothing else was going on and there was nothing to worry about. Also, another one as it relates to relationships is I once helped a couple of friends move house many years ago and it started on a Friday. When I went around to, you know, help finish boxing things up. And it went right through till Sunday. I lost an entire weekend helping them move house. Because I didn't feel like I could say no. But then I ended up resenting them for the entire weekend that I'd lost. Another one for relationships. I used to constantly say oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm such a terrible friend. Like I'm such a bad person. I am so sorry. It happened all the time. I remember this was something I used to say all the time. I was always reinforcing it. I'm such a bad person. I'm such a terrible friend. I'm so sorry. And it could be like that I'd forgotten to check in with someone who had shared something about their life and something difficult they were going through. Or, you know, I I was just constantly saying that to myself, that I'm such a terrible person. I'm such a bad friend. So relationships. Relationships are about connection. When a relationship in our life is going well, we feel a good sense of connection and safety. And when a relationship in our life is not going so well, we feel a disconnection. And maybe we feel unsafe. Now, many of us as ADHD is, we have experienced unsafe relationships growing up. And we've had that feeling of disconnection. So, for example, it might be a teacher in school who yelled at you or, you know, who and I've shared a story with you before. It was like the secretary of our school who was having a bad day, and you know she she sort of yelled at me in front of all of my classmates, and the class went silent. And then all of a sudden, she went out and slammed the door, and everyone was laughing at me. Right? Like we've that to me felt so unsafe. That felt like. Like, now I can go, wow, that, that was a disconnection. Like, I could never see that person again. And I'd felt like she was a safe person up until that point. And then that happened. And I just was like, no way. And it could have been a parent who said to you, you just need to try harder. Like, you just don't get it. You're just not doing enough. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, we've experienced that disconnection and that feeling of being unsafe throughout our lives. and. Bullies in school, I think that's such a great example. I don't know about you, but like I was bullied heaps at school. And those are examples of disconnection that we experience and unsafe relationships that we experience. And our nervous systems are amazing, okay? We've got like episodes on the ADHD nervous systems and how we are wired differently, which... I love talking about. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Because this is already going to be a long episode. But our nervous systems. Hold on to memories. And they hold on to those memories. Of how we felt. At certain times in our lives. When we experienced a disconnect. Or you know that feeling of being unsafe. With other people. Okay. So our nervous systems have these memories in them. And so. What this could look like is you may not know why you're in a situation where, you know, you've sat down to lunch and you're with a friend and she's brought three other friends and these girls are like, you know, laughing loudly and, you know, kind of being all crazy and dramatic. And you may not know why your nervous system is firing and going, fuck, alarm bells, like something isn't right. I don't like these people. But what could be happening there is... Your nervous system is saying, Hey, there's a painful memory from our past, and this situation reminds me of that. And I just want you to know that I don't feel safe in this this place right now. Okay. So I just want to touch on that because, and this has come up with a couple of clients recently who have said to me, like, I don't understand why, like, I can be with certain people or like meet new people and just immediately go, Whoa, like, I don't feel safe. I, like I don't I don't want to be here. What is that? And that is because our nervous systems are holding on to those memories from relationships in the past, okay? Also, it is very normal for us to mirror people, okay? So all humans do this. Like, according to science, there is neuroscience that back- backs this up, that, you know, people will do this, say, for example, in a conversation. We will adjust our tone or our body language to mirror what the other person is saying. Now, as ADHD is... And this is especially common for women. We can sometimes take this a step too far and become what I call a chameleon. Okay, Fitting in to the people and the situation around us in order to create a sense of safety or false safety really. But in doing so, what can happen is we lose touch with ourselves and our values, and this can lead us to, you know, feelings of confusion or regret. Now, I can remember doing this many times throughout my life, and specifically in one workplace that I was in, I was always going along with whatever they were doing and whatever they were saying and whatever they were wearing and not having an opinion. And if we would go out for drinks after work or go out for dinner or, or, you know, play music, and I would just, I would just not really say, oh, I like this, or I really want to do this. I would always just go along and try to fit in with everyone else. And at that time in my life, I didn't really know myself very well, which is interesting. I was so busy trying to be like everyone else and fit in with everyone else because my brain was telling me that that was safe. But what happened was I created such a disconnect with me and I didn't know what foods I liked. I didn't know what music I liked. I didn't know You know, how I like to dress in all of this because I was so concerned with how everyone else was doing that and what everyone else was doing it, doing. Right. That is the chameleon. So, all right, the big question that we all have, how can we improve our relationships? How can we create more connection and more safety with the people that we have in our lives? And the answer, my friend, is by improving the relationship we have with our self. Now, stay with me, because I know some of you all just eye-rolled. <laughs> and some of you are like, well, that sounds kind of cheesy. Or maybe there's, I picture like question marks floating around your brain, like, what the fuck does that even mean? Okay, so before you click pause or get distracted, please hear me out. okay. Your relationship with yourself informs all other relationships. It determines how you interact with others, who you choose to be around, and how other people treat you. Okay? The most important relationship that each of us have is the one we have with ourselves. So, when I meet someone to see if we are a good fit to work together, I Always ask them this question. And I want to encourage you to ask this question or these series that I'm going to give you, okay? How is your relationship with yourself? So to elaborate on that, I want you to think about how do you speak to yourself? Like, what is your self-talk like? Are you nice to yourself? Do you beat yourself up? Are you mean? Would you say out loud to other people the things that you say to yourself? What do you think about yourself as a person, as a wife or a partner or a mother or, you know, a friend or a colleague? What do you think about yourself? How do you feel about yourself? Do you like yourself? Right, that is a big question, a loaded question for many people to answer. So many of the is that I work with, they come to me and they don't like themselves. And I get it. We have been through some shit growing up, especially with undiagnosed ADHD. That's a tough one for some of us. I've been there. I've shared that story with you all. So do you like yourself? Why or why not? And what are you telling yourself that you need to do or achieve before you will like yourself? Or before you'll finally feel good enough? This relationship, this relationship that you have with yourself, informs all other relationships. When we treat ourselves badly, we let other people treat us badly. And when we treat ourselves with love and respect, we expect other people to treat us with love and respect. And we don't settle for anything less. And the more we accept ourselves, the more other people accept us for who we are. Now, unfortunately, society has taught us that we should look to other people to meet our needs. Okay. And this is, I'm just going to say it, a bit of a mind fuck. Because I'll give you exa- an example first. In romantic relationships, right, we have been conditioned to think that we need to find our other half. You know, this is my better half is something that people joke about. And that just riles me up, (laughs) I'm just going to say. But we have been conditioned by society to think that we do need to find our other half. And, And that implies that we aren't already whole and that we need someone else to make us a whole person, a better person, a complete person to take care of us, to meet our needs. And that's bullshit. Okay, we are already whole. And complete. And we are a hundred percent, each and every one of us. Okay. We get to then choose who we share our life with if we want to share our life with someone, to be in a relationship with someone. And then we are two holes coming together. How often when I describe this to people in sessions, I will talk about like oranges and pieces of fruit. Because it's always I can always just picture an orange, right? And I will say we're not, you know, if you cut an orange in half, that's two halves. It's like we're not a half a person. We are not a half an orange. We come together, we've got two holes, right? It's more joy to go around. (laughs) And to speak to this point around, you know, how society has taught us that we should look to other people to meet our needs. Most of you, if you've listened to this podcast, will have heard my story of how, You know, a number of years ago now, I moved to London. And in doing that, I discovered just how much I hated myself. I absolutely loathed myself so much so that I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. This was way before I even knew that I had ADHD. And I didn't like myself, but I expected other people to like me. I didn't validate myself at work for doing a good job. I didn't praise myself or acknowledge it, but I expected my colleagues and my boss to do that. I remember I was so insecure and I had such little self-esteem and yet I expected my best friend who I lived with at the time, I expected her to do everything with me that, you know, I needed her to kind of build me up. I expected her to to help me do that, to help me to find myself and my confidence. And you know what? It's really hard to be kind and compassionate with someone you don't like you know with with somebody that you can't look at in the mirror like it's hard to have a good relationship with that person and yet i expected other people to do all of those things for me and the reality is that it's not their job okay it's not fair for us to expect other people to do something that we can we can learn to do for ourselves and that we ultimately should be doing for ourselves. And yes, I hate the word should, <laughs> but it's it's right there, okay? Now, this is, of course, a judgment-free zone, all right? I certainly was not taught how to have a relationship with myself at any point throughout my schooling and upbringing, okay? I was never taught how to have a positive, loving, good relationship with myself, and I was never taught how that affects the relationships I have with other people, Okay? I wasn't taught the importance of learning how to validate myself or how to acknowledge myself or how to speak kindly to myself and be compassionate and understanding and have a positive and loving relationship with me. I did not begin to learn that until I was well into my late 20s and going into my 30s. And I know so many of the people that I work with in their 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond have never learned this. Okay, there was no class in school. So when you come and you work with me, this is what I help you do. I help you to create a powerful and very positive relationship with yourself. Because that relationship then has a massive ripple effect across all areas of your life. And we do this by first meeting our own needs. Okay, it is crucial that we meet our own needs first. This doesn't mean that we don't ask other people to help us or, you know, we don't expect them to support us, etc. But we need to do that for ourselves first. Simply put, we, lear- we need to learn to, you know, treat ourselves the way we want to be treated. Okay? That's what it means to put our own needs first, is we need to learn to treat ourselves the way we want to be treated. And so I'm going to share with you what this can look like. Okay? Having our own backs. That's something I talk about so much. And that really does come back to the relationship we have with ourselves. It is supporting ourselves, changing our self-talk to be kind to, you know, validate ourselves, to acknowledge ourselves and our achievements, as well as our struggles, but without the beating ourselves up piece. Ex- accepting ourselves, like that's such a huge piece, to accept ourselves and our differences, all of our ADHD-ness and our uniqueness. To build ourselves up, to learn from our mistakes and to continue believing in ourselves and and striving toward the things that we want, even when things don't go our way, right? And in doing so, when we do this, when we have our own backs, when we treat ourselves with, you know, love and respect and kindness, we create more connection with ourselves. And when we are more connected to ourselves, we then have better relationships with everyone in our life. It's a ripple effect. You know, when you like throw a stone in a pond and it creates that ripple? That's what happens when we have more connection with ourselves, a a better, improved relationship with ourselves. which is something, look, I'm always working on that. (laughs) I don't think there's like any end point that you get to. This is something you can always continue to develop. But by doing so, by, you know, treating ourselves the way we want to be treated and meeting our own needs first, that then has that beautiful ripple effect throughout our life with our partners, with our family, with our friends, with our colleagues and our boss, all those people. I will never forget how my relationship with my dad transformed when I started to stand up to him. So my dad is a very dominant figure and, you know, it was like the man of the household. It was very patriarchal in our family. Don't get me started on that. But anyway, you know, like he was always like, telling me what to do and how I should live my life and what he expected and all of these things and when I started to say no when I started to make my own decisions about my life instead of you know making them based on what he thought I should do when I really focused on myself and treating myself the way I wanted to be treated and you know deciding how I wanted to live my life and and why I wanted to make decisions and doing them even when he disagreed, which was difficult when I did all of that, he grew to respect me and see me as a strong and independent woman as the woman that I had become. And I no longer needed his approval because I now approved of myself I now approved of my choices and the life that I had chosen to live. And that was literally life-changing for our relationship. It transformed our relationship in such a beautiful way. So my friends, I've got two final questions that I am going to leave you with. These are two questions that I will often ask my clients in our sessions. Number one. How can you create your own safety and security? And you can apply that to a specific situation or a relationship. So sometimes I will have a client who is you know, struggling at work and not feeling like they belong, and I will say to them, okay, let's look at that, right? And we'll coach on it. And I might ask them this question, how can you create your own feelings of safety and security in that workplace, in that environment? And the second question here is, what is the most loving thing that you can do for yourself today? Again, these questions are centered around helping you to improve your relationship with yourself and create more connection. In order to improve our relationships, we must first improve our relationship with ourselves. That's where we start. And I promise you, my friend, this will be some of the most rewarding and life changing work that you will ever do. Now, don't forget to share this episode with a friend and leave us a rating and review. Huge, huge love to you all. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Hey, friend. I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals, to understand yourself and your ADHD, it's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit XenaJones.com ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.